Hey guys, welcome back to the video Big Buddy Life, the most high podcast of all time. Today I got a special guest, the official Reese. Tyrese, he has a hundred You just hit a hundred K, right? Yeah, about like two weeks ago. Oh yeah, that was that was crazy. So Reese, um, how you doing, bruh? I'm cool and I'm cool and I'm just I'm working. I just actually just was editing the video before this. I respect that, I respect that. So I'm gonna be interviewing Reese because I haven't had anyone like this big, I've had like different types of people come on. I've had like gang members. I've had like di- I've had different types of people. I've never had like a YouTuber. Everyone says they're a YouTuber nowadays, but not everyone has a hundred and K. So a hundred K subscribers, which is a lot. So Reese, you want to get right into the interview, bro? Yeah, let's get it. All right, bro. So Reese, first question is like, how did you like when did you start doing YouTube? Cause like, like you know, what 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 made you what inspired you to do YouTube? Actually, uh, what is? All right, let me first. I started. I just graduated high school my senior year. I started yeah. like mid junior year. So like February of my junior year of t- I think it was 2019, whatever yeah. that was. But yeah, I started my uh February my junior year. I think that was 2019. I'm not yeah. sure, but whenever that is. And the reason why I started was cuz I used to watch I still do actually, but I used to watch a lot of YouTube like every day like, i ain't even watch tv like that so i was like bro like I, I do this stuff all the time i'm always playing 2k i'm always playing basketball i'm always you know shit that yeah. you see all, all the time on youtube yeah like you know what bro i think i think i got a little cool personality i'm like let me <laughs> yeah try it like, it wasn't even no no like oh, i'm trying to blow up i was like right, i think i can do it so let me go ahead and try it yeah you know i mean i tried it posted a few videos and not for that like how I knew I was gonna like make it was for like my first video. I don't like my first video. I hit like three thousand. And that like, your first video, that's like a lot. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Video right now, you're not gonna put on three thousand views. So it's like, at the time, yeah. it was it was like a lot. So like, I just it just growing. Like every video I was doing, it just kept going and going. So I was like, you know, I can grind this out and see where it take me. Yeah. Therese, who's like your who are like your favorite YouTubers? Like who do you like mo- mostly watch, or do you just watch like different? Like who do you watch mostly? Who actually was, I watched the most at the time was uh-huh. Fredo and DDG. Pretty boy. Oh yeah, 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 them two. Them two were like my main. Like I'd watch other people like here and there, but like them two, like I was watching every video they posted. Yeah, every single like I was like I was a fan. I ain't even gonna lie, I was watching this shit every day. Whatever they posted, yeah. I was watching. So that's like the type of content I was trying to put out stuff like they would do like the lit stuff you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. i like the lit playlist videos i've seen yours yeah, yeah. so Reese, another question people guys like some people like they want to start youtube like what made you like actually think you could do youtube because Reese, you know there's a lot of youtube shows you like, yeah everyone's it's crazy. It's like yeah, yeah like what made you think like like did you just have confidence in yourself like yo this will blow up or like yeah like, i had a lot of confidence even the time when i was doing it like around this area they yeah like 15 to 20 to maybe even 50 people was like posting on their stories oh i'm starting a youtube yeah so like it was like everyone was like taking it as a joke like it's just like a wave we're like oh yeah everyone's doing it yeah they're just gonna start but like i was yeah. really like the only one actually i am the only one around here that actually like made it a thing so it really yeah. is confidence bro like just yeah. and you gotta stay 100. consistent and grind when people see that you for real you're not a joke and you like actually mm-hmm. doing it for real and yeah. thank you, bro. All right, Reese. Another question people got is I actually I, like I, I'm getting questions for people because they want to ask. Like yeah, you know when you so. hold a camera, yeah. You know when you hold a camera around like in public, yeah. Is that embarrassing for you or that like, used to? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a lot of people, it's awkward like holding like a camera and talking to. Like how do you feel about that? I mean, to be honest, I've done a few uh, a few videos where I hold it in like in public and stuff. But like really, it's just how comfortable you are, bro. Cause like yeah. at, when you first start, obviously it's gonna be like you never know. You're not used to being talking to a camera all the time. But like yeah. once you once you like get used to it, cause you, y'all don't think about this, but y'all stare at y'all phones and take snaps and all that. Stuff oh, for all sure, day. yeah. And y'all don't care. Like even in public, y'all do the same thing all day, every day. So it's really the same thing, just a camera. So I mean, this re- yeah, Reese. I think the I think what they're trying to say though is like Reese. People look at their like. Oh, uh, phones, but like the reason people think it's different for a camera because you know you're like holding it like um a little bit away from you, like speaking to it, and, like your eye contact. I mean, I guess it's the same thing as like FaceTiming someone too. I guess. Yeah, you really just gotta get comfortable with it. Cause even when I was starting off, like I remember my first few videos, I filmed them like four, five, six different times. Cause it was yeah. Like, Damn, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> weird. I'm awkward. Like stuff like that. So it's like I really just how 
how quick you get comfortable with the camera and, and really just really not care. Because when you're like doing it in public, uh-huh. if you're confident and all that, people's gonna be like, oh, that's what he does. Like they gonna they gonna oh look at this look, look at this kid vlogging. Like yeah, not even gonna like. But if you like looking around all the time, acting nervous, it's like oh he did yeah. he do this for real. Like like they gonna look at you as a joke. That's what I'm saying. Like when you like take it seriously and you comfortable, you get you get in the groove with it and you just act like you do this before, like you've done it before. It'll, it'll kind of just come to you and it'll be like an everyday thing it comes down to confidence dude. yeah at the end of the day that's all it is bro all right so you know like he talks about filming in school so we me and reese go to the same school so we go we go to school called long so i'm just gonna say it right now like it's like do, did the teachers like let you record them because i know you've done a lot of videos like finish the rapper get yeah. which is like a mill right like a yeah, mill yeah. Was, yeah I a lot like, of them is like my first one hit a mill to finish the rap uh finish the dance at like 800k they all do numbers. I can't even yeah. get off my head. But yeah. Like, because I think, Reese, I think I saw on your Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to say which AP. Like, I'm going to infer which AP it is. But just like one AP said you like would. It's like not going to go anywhere or something. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. What was so, the question? No, my question was like, my question was like, one day said like, did that discourage you out of like, what did you say back? Cause that, like one of the APs was like, dude, your videos ain't going nowhere. Like, didn't they say something like that? I think I saw that. Yeah, cause I remember it was, it was actually the one that blew up. The first one I did finish the rap, <laughs> I was filming yeah. that. And at the time it was like, I didn't really, I got, I think I probably had maybe like 10,000, maybe yeah. subscribers. So I, was, I wasn't uh, really on or nothing, but it yeah. was like, I had like a few videos. It was really only my playlist videos I had like blew up. So like everything else, and at the time, I remember I did my playlist videos that junior year. So like coming into my freshman year, or not my freshman, my senior year, yeah. I didn't have any videos. I had like hundred k, like hundred yeah. k. So like it was like, like bro, like, what are you doing? So like he really saw me, and he's like, bro, why are you recording videos in school? Uh, like you can't do that. Da, 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 telling me like it wasn't gonna work, da, 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 all that stuff. But I was, but like really, I didn't care what he had to say. Like I was like, yeah. bro, I'm like cool. So I just really kept filming my videos but i had i just kind of had to follow his rules at the time and i yeah. did it like kind of in private like i really like if you see in the videos a lot of people won't know but we had like a time where uh it's called what was that called riot riot time oh yeah right right yeah, so you i did. explain what that is because some people like they live in like other states some people live in other countries like, yeah you know can you explain what that is yeah. riot thing. time was like it was like 45 minute time period where like people who needed help in school like they could either go to a class but if you didn't need no help, you could go to like the gym or the cafeteria and you can just yeah. and talk. So I'd like I wasn't a bad student, so I never really needed to go to the class. So Yeah. I was always in the gym and that was like the free time where you could talk, you could do whatever. So like they really couldn't tell me I couldn't film because it's it's the time to talk and do all that stuff. So Cause like I remember before I was trying to film the videos like during middle of the middle of the day, like during like the hallway times and stuff like that, to where it was like inconvenient. But like whenever it came to riot time, that, I just oh, stuck yeah. to his rules and did it all that riot time. I get as many people out as I could, and and that video yeah. blew up. Yeah, that's really what happened. I just got I just did it in his little schedule. I had to, and then yeah. Well, I know, like, so I know some of the, like, videos, like, during the hallway, did it get, like, did it ever get tough? You know that time period when it was, like, I think, like, did some, like, once you get to a riot, you're not allowed to leave at all or something. Did it, like, change it, like, at one point? Was it always, like, that? I don't remember. Like, was it, or, because I know, like, I remember I was seeing, uh, I was watching a video called, like, Finish Trapper Get Punished. That was only at the gym. I'm yeah. Sure. Like, that one was only at the gym, because that was when I first started, and he didn't, he wouldn't let me record nowhere else. Oh, yeah. But then after he was, that's what I was saying. Like, after he saw like they was doing numbers, he was doing, that's when he started to let me do it before school, during like passing periods in the hallways and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, he saw that. Like, it wasn't, I wouldn't know. It wasn't no game. Oh, did you ever like, did you ever like show him like, yo, I got a million? Like, did you ever like show him nah. like, yo, dude, like, nah, he actually, he saw it. He, he saw it himself. He came to me. I ain't say, oh, I like, ain't say nothing to him after. He came to me and saw that it was blowing up and he was like, all right, bro. I was like, my fault, bro. He like, yeah, actually, I apologize. My fault. I apologize. Keep, keep working, all that stuff. Oh, you're good with them, though, right? Like, you're not like, yeah, man, we're not. We don't got no beef or nothing. But it was, <laughs> I was just selling that post. I was like, yeah, like, nigga, yeah. talking crazy. And I, yeah. I ain't let that stop me type shit. I, was, I, I be trying to motivate my subscribers. Like, I be trying yeah. to let them go crazy, too, so. 
Yeah. So have you had like have you had like full family support, or was like was your family like first like these like this is like you know what I mean like did this thing like do it for fun or like how was it? Did you have like full family support, or like if, or from your friends also? My friends, yeah. All my there was really nobody. Like actually, it was really like the hate was silent, and and you'll fall, you'll you'll feel that a lot. Like people when you're growing, a lot of the hate won't be like out until you actually make it. But when you're like coming up, all the hate will be silent you peep it like people wouldn't wouldn't say nothing like people would watch me all the time and like not say nothing they would congratulate me when i hit a 1k or 2k or 3k they'd congratulate me when i hit 30k 40k 50k but it's like yeah because they want they want to be they want to be there with you yeah but like the hate was silent at first but like i had like all my close friends yeah they all supported my family they really actually feel like they really didn't know until yeah making like big money and that was because I didn't feel at the time I had a job and I had quit my job when I got my first check and I didn't tell my parents that and I didn't want to tell them oh I'm on YouTube oh. I only have I only had like 5,000 10,000 maybe 15,000 subscribers so they wasn't gonna take me serious so I didn't they didn't even know I was doing YouTube they actually thought I had a job I had quit my job and oh. then like so I really didn't well, tell they- them until oh, I got my crazy. first big check and I think that was around like twenty thousand. It was it was my first check after that that um, finished the rap blew up. Yeah. And then I kind of showed them all the analytics and all that stuff, and they were all like, "Damn!" So it was like they didn't really know until I showed them the numbers. Cause that's how were my they, family is. Were they mad when they found you quit that job? Like when you were doing YouTube? When I told them, like before I even showed them, they were mad. They were like, "But well, how you gonna?" You can't oh yeah. Do that. yeah you but do. then when I showed them the return and where my other like the other where the other sources of income was coming from yeah they, were, they didn't really have no problem with it really so like if you let's say let's say like let's say like uh, let's say it's youtube tip didn't work out out of curiosity what would you do like you know what i mean i'd probably that's, that's a good question i'd probably do the same thing i was doing because i i'm gonna i'm still going to um college my next year oh you are yeah but I'm I'm going for like business and marketing and all that stuff because I I want to have like my own business like clothing brand store and all that type of yeah. Thing. So I'm still gonna go. I don't know how long I'm gonna stay, uh-huh. but I'm gonna go try and see how how that can take me. But I think I'll still be on the same type of path. I would have definitely still had a job. Yeah, I would have had to make money somehow. But yeah, so I really but this really did like take a lot off my plate because I really. I really did have like a real tough decision of going to cut because I really didn't have. I don't really don't have. To. Yeah, I don't um, think. Yeah, with a hundred k, bro, I don't think you need. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have to, but I'm just kind of doing it to see if I'm because like college, it helps you with like information and like and networking. You can meet other people and so like that. So yeah, that's really like the big reason why I'm going. So, do you want to say what college you're going to? I can't say that. I'm, I'm gonna say it in the video. So y'all, y'all. Oh, know, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, make sure y'all check out that video. Y'all, when says, y'all gotta subscribe for post notifications. So y'all gonna know soon. Yes, sir. All right, Reese. I'm gonna say my quick sponsor, guys. So, guys, make sure y'all get Rogue Energy, the best energy drink in the planet. Use my code Big Buddy One Two Three get ten percent off. Make sure y'all go get that for sure. Big Buddy One Two Three. That's it, guys. I just wanna say my sponsor. All right, Reese. Next question. Um, so let's talk about your uh, music video that came out, Redhead Shardy. Yes, sir. Redhead Shardies. I love that. Okay, so what? Like, what did you like? What like? Well, that other did you like team up with another YouTuber or something? What's his name again? Nah, that was actually my homeboys, and that's not oh. it's really not even my song. It's Josh's song, Jay's move. You can look him up on YouTube too. He's been in a few of my videos. Actually, he's been in a lot of my videos. But yeah, he's one of my friends that like I hang like one of my day one friends because I really around here I only got like three, four, five friends, and he's one of them. So yeah, I really just because I had got a mic. Let me tell you the backstory. So I had got a mic and all that stuff for streaming. Cause I, I stream on Twitch. Yeah. I got out of equipment and he was all, all like, bro, let's make a song. So we just kind of started looking through beats on YouTube. And we found out, actually he found that one. And then he came up with that hook. And then, yeah. yeah and then that's it's just kind of the rest was, was it. And y'all just decided to do it? like just for- Yeah, it was just for fun. Oh, hey, bro. That, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, so, yeah, so Larissa, like, is there, like, is there a future? Like, is, this, is that what you want to do just YouTube? Yeah, like I wanna, I'm gonna do. I really don't see myself not doing YouTube, so I'm gonna always be doing YouTube. But I'm gonna also be branching out. Like I'm, like I said, I'm gonna have my own clothing brand. Yeah, trying to do get into real estate and all that stuff. So, but YouTube's gonna oh. always be like 
everyone's gonna know me off of there. I feel like so. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm always gonna stick to that. Cause the plan ain't the plan ain't a hundred k. The plan's a mill. That, that's the goal. It's a hit a mill. Yeah, for on, sure. on the mill. So. Have you got your plaque yet? If you already got your plaque, yeah, right? I got my plaque. plaque. Yeah. Come oh, there you go. Yeah. Dude, like I mean, I've been like I've been hitting all you. It was probably like the, it was probably one of the was like one of the best moments. Like it was like probably like you know. Yeah, no, that was that was crazy. That hundred k. The plaque actually hit me harder than actually hitting the hundred k itself. Oh, for real? Yeah, because it takes like a few days for them to to send the plaque in. So I I hit the the hundred k first, and then like a few days later I got my plaque. So when I when I actually came in and I got to see it, and I got to like because like, you know you see other YouTubers had to get their plaques and it's like oh that's crazy. But then when you yeah. yours come in with your name on it and all that stuff, it's like dude. it says like it says the official reason. Yeah, like it's just what I did. So it's like that's kind of crazy, and that's, it's it's in a year. A lot of people, take, yeah. Like, <coughs> excuse me, it take a lot of people a long time to hit a hundred k. So yeah, it takes people. It takes people some of years just to like even get recognized. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Do you think like? Do you think there's a little bit of luck play? Like, do you think you got a little bit lucky that your video spread? Like, like, or do you think it was just all like hard work? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep it honest. Like my first video that blew up, which was a little playlist, that one was kind of lucky. Like I really didn't do anything special or out yeah. of what I did in the other videos. It just was kind of yeah. luck. But to keep it going, that was all. Like that's like a mind thing. You gotta, you gotta be smart. You gotta play the algorithm right. So I'm not gonna say it was like after that it was. Yeah. But the first initial, like to get your name to blow up that's kind of hard that's where the the luck kind of is in part yeah so, yeah no yes or no to answer that question yes or no yeah all right so i don't i don't know so you were you were talking about how you edit you're editing a video before it's like do you actually edit your own videos like why don't you have your own edit like how do you feel yeah. about that? Like, you know what i mean i mean an editor will be cool but like i feel like everything it, like because i i'm real picky so like, yeah. Cause I actually I don't do my own thumbnails either. I only do oh. my video. I don't do my. Own. The only thing I don't do is my thumbnails, and my banner and all that stuff. So like, when y'all go on my channel and stuff, like all the artwork on there, I don't do that. But the video itself, that's all me. And because, and even like the thumbnails, I'm real. Like, shout out to Dez on Instagram, because he's yeah. the one who does my uh, thumbnails. Like he, I be on him. Like every single time he sends me a picture, I'm like, nah, bro, switch this and that, do this and that, cause I'm real picky. So I feel like if I did that with a video, I don't th- I don't think I could I could talk back and forth with a, a person and, yeah. and have them fix every little thing that I want. Cause I'm real picky. So I just feel like I learned how to do it myself and it was cool. I know what you mean. You want everything your way only. Yeah. Like, you, like you know what I mean? Yeah, the way yeah. you want it. Yeah, so I'd rather just take the time myself to do it. Yeah, Reese. So before we wrap this podcast up, do you have any messages to like any like people want to be YouTubers? Because a lot of people want to be like, do you have any messages? Like, I mean, not messages, but like things to say for people want to be YouTubers. Um, messages. Really, if you're trying to start a YouTube channel, bro, just do it. I, I think a lot of people think, oh, I need camera this, computer that. I yeah. need the best software. This, nah, bro. Because when I started, um, I use my phone. I think my actually my lit playlist video, which blew up, my first three of them. I recorded it and ended them all on my phone and I didn't get a camera until my, oh. that summer. So like I started in February, I didn't get a camera until the summer and I didn't get a computer until even later than that. So yeah. So like you don't really need nothing. And I had, at the time I had like, I think it was a iPhone XR. Yeah. I think. Cause oh. right now I got the 11. So I think I had the XR at the time. Whenever, whatever phone, the newest one at the time, whenever that was. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't got to do that. But then also, when you do start, don't start until you're ready to be consistent. Because that's another thing. You're not going to get recognized on YouTube. Like, YouTube algorithm, it loves consistency. When it's, it's easier posting once a week, twice a week, maybe. It'll, yeah. It, that's when they'll be more inclined to to push your videos because of like, all right, he's actually posting on our, our platform. Yeah. He's actually, he's not just once a month or something like that. When you're inconsistent, YouTube don't like that. So. Yeah. Wait, Reese. Okay, one more question, my friend. Have you, like... Have you had any like people who are like who seem fake to you? Like they want to be your friend, but like they just want it because you've got like the clout or whatever. Like, have you seen any people like that? Or have you seen any people change that become like more jealous of you? Don't just say who, but like have you seen it in general or not really? Not nah, a few, yeah. And like I said earlier, like it was a lot of people that I knew. It was really it's more people that I know like known for a long time. Like it's really not really like new people that only oh I'm only trying to be his friend because of this. 
it's really like yeah. people that I've been new that saw me when I like they knew me when I started, but they were silent at first. Like they, I ain't getting no yeah. guys at like one k. They ain't tell me, oh, I fuck with your videos. But now, now that they see a, a video hit a mil, they see video hit three hundred k. I hit fifty k or you know like those certain times. Yeah, now they're like, oh, like oh, good, good shit, bro. Uh, I, I seen your. Uh, we've been friends for this long. Uh, good shit, bro. Uh, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. Like now they want to like, but like oh, <laughs> they want to yeah. starting off and uh, videos was only pulling a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. Damn. Yeah. You know, they didn't so, want to yeah. be in the videos, but now all of a sudden they want to be in the videos. Now all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what you're saying is like, they, like during the journey, like the grind, they won't really like be like, hey, keep it going. Like once you like a milestone, like yeah. 150. Yeah. Yeah. Big milestone, because even the little ones, yeah. it wasn't a lot of people. Like that was trying to like I had more support outside of where I'm from than inside when I was starting like starting off. Uh, but now that I'm big, it seemed like everybody down here trying to be like, oh yeah, good stuff, bro. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Or they're trying to be friends. Everyone wants to be friends with you. I get that. Yeah, but it's uh, like, yeah, want... it's it's whatever though. I know I know who the real ones is. So yeah, you know who yeah you you yeah yeah you know anyways. Reese, I want to thank you so much. I know you're busy due to your editing up here right now. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. No, appreciate you for having you. Awesome having you on for sure, guys. Anyways, guys, um, no, make sure I check out Reese's channel, the official Reese. Do you want to shout anyone out? Like, just in general, during YouTube, you want to shout them out right now? Um, like I said earlier, shout out Dez because he does all my thumbnails and all that. I wouldn't blown up with him because starting off, I know, like, the th thumbnails and all that stuff is very important. So shout yeah. out to him, shout out to Keith, Chris, and Josh, cause that they're, they're the ones, the real like them, like my my day ones for real. So shout out, yeah. to them. shout out your family, right? Yeah, shout out my parents, cause they be they they actually my dad is the one who helped me um, pick out like my camera and all that, cause I ain't know much about it. So and I had no YouTube friends at the time when I was uh, in the blow up, so I didn't know who to ask. So like they, my dad, he done all that stuff. He helped me. With that. You do you have some YouTube friends now? Oh yeah, I got hells, bro. I, collabs coming soon. That's all I gotta say. Oh okay, that's collabs, like, do you know who's like the biggest YouTuber friend you got with the most subs? Uh, well, like I said earlier, like uh, I, DDG inspired me, but now we're cool. We're cool peoples. Oh okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. DMs and stuff. I be, I was was supposed to link, but the Rona and all that stuff happened. happened <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't go to LA no more. Shout out to uh, shout out to Snaggy Mo in, in New York. Yeah. Down in New York. Uh, who else? Is it, Reese, is it hard for you to find content though during Corona or not really? Uh, yes and no. It really depends on how how determined you are. Cause like the actually the video I just I'm about to upload today. It's a, it's a public interview, so you know like it's like weird like, all this stuff going on. But like, oh man, I'll go watch that. Yeah, yeah, I made it happen. So it really depends on how determined you are and how and how smart you are with your moves. Yeah. Yeah, guys. All right. So, Reese, thank you for coming on. Amazing podcast. Love to have you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, guys. Um, guys, I'll keep making more podcasts. I'm still liking it. You know, I took a break for a while, but back at it. Reese, guys, um, Reese, thanks for coming on. It's your boy, Big Buddy Dave. Welcome back to another video. Big Buddy Life, the most hot podcast of all time. And I'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace. What's up, Dre? What's going on, Dave? How you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks good. for inviting me on. Yeah. Um. So first, two things I just want to tell you. Um. If I like accidentally interrupt you, it's actually the ping. Like it's a little bit slow. So if I interrupt you, just keep on going. That happens a lot in my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No problem. All right. And yeah. So do you see the timer on top? Are you on your phone or laptop? Do you see like, the timer? Yeah, I see the timer. Yeah. So once it gets to one minute, we'll start. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll edit this part out. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation here. Yeah. All right. 12 seconds. Hey guys, welcome back to a video of Babe Buddy Life, the most hype podcast of all time. Today, I got my friend Dre here. I've been watching his videos. I used to watch his videos a lot, like back in the day. But like, you know, like I was checking out his channel and I was like, yo, it would be awesome to have him on the podcast. So Dre, how you doing right now, bro? 
I'm doing amazing, Dave. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I'm listening to a couple episodes of your show, as a matter of fact. You didn't know that. Oh, so oh, I like the conversations you've been having. Oh, okay. Which, which episodes have you listened to? I'm listening to the one where you had uh, your boy who was vegan. And then oh, yeah. I think you had you had someone who wasn't vegan, and they were talking about it. Oh, yeah. And then I'm listening to that whole 90-minute one, a heated discussion about race. That was an entertaining episode. <laughs> oh, that one. That one. Yeah, yeah, No one would listen to me on that flight. That episode got heated. I was, like, trying to calm everyone down. Because, like, I was I was on, like, I was, like, I was with the girls' side. Like, I was on the Black Lives Matter leading side. Like, I had to yeah. play, like, I wanted to play both sides for sure. But, yeah, Dre, this episode's about you. So, do you want to tell us a little about yourself, like, what you do? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll give everybody a two-minute version. Uh, I'm from the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised. Uh, started playing, was always in sports, started playing basketball around the age of 14. I didn't make my high school varsity team, so I was a senior. Sat on the bench that one year, so at that point, it didn't look like I was going to go anywhere with basketball. Uh, walked on to play Division three college basketball. Didn't even play my senior year because I got lost in the shuffle of the coaching change. Hustled my way into professional basketball. This is, just give everybody a timeline, 2005, I'm 38 years old today. So 2005, started my professional basketball career overseas. I was beginning of a nine-year career. At the same time, I started putting videos on this brand new website that just came out called YouTube.com. And that's where uh, a lot of people came to know me, probably you as well, Dave. People didn't really see me play overseas. They know I played, but they didn't see it. Yeah. But a lot of people saw the YouTube basketball videos, so for... Probably about 10 years, I was putting basketball videos on YouTube, uh, even before it was a popular thing to do. Then around 2010, I became an entrepreneur, so I created some of my own programs and products. 2015, I stopped playing basketball and went into uh, full-time entrepreneurship, which I'm still in to this day. Today, I'm the owner of Working in Game Incorporated, where I help players get on playing professional basketball. Not an agent, but I help players with information to play professional basketball and also work in the mental game spaces with this whole working game philosophy that I created that started with mindset specifically for athletes, but I realized that it applies to people even in the business world. So that's a two-minute capsule of who I am. Yeah. Yeah, Dre, you, you've always been the person that you said, like, like 70% of, like, not even just basketball, but life is a mental game, and 30% is, like, what you, you're, like, that's, like, one of your things, right? Yeah, I would say more, like, uh, 95% and 5%. Five. Okay, so it's really yeah. so. Jay, I got. I got a quick question. So you know, you got cut the first like three years, right? And then like senior year, you made. Yeah. So do you think like let's say let's like hypothetically let's say you made the team. Do you think it'd be the same position you are right now? Do you think it'd be in a better position, worse position, same position? Like what do you, if you made the team all four years? Like do you think that? Do you think you getting cut like might have helped you or something? Like. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a great question. It's like uh, you ever see that movie Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher? Hello? Yeah, oh, so sorry, you, you didn't that... up for a second. My bad. I said, did you ever see that movie, The Butterfly Effect, with Ashton Kutcher? Wait, which movie? The Butterfly Effect. Oh, The Butterfly? I, mean, I don't think I've seen it, but I've seen it something like one thing happens, and then like, it's like one flap, and like something like ripples around, something like that. I don't know. I, I've yeah. heard of it. Right, so the whole concept of The Butterfly Effect, Dave, is that they say, I don't know if this is actually proven scientifically, they say a butterfly flaps its wings in, like, you know, Texas, and that could cause a, a hurricane in Australia, something like that, metaphorically oh. speaking. I don't know if that's scientifically true, but then they went and made a movie about it, where it's this guy, and they're like, are you made a different decision at age 15, you would have lived a completely different life, and then they show, like, all these different lives he would have lived had he made different decisions. But anyway, to answer your question, I do yeah. I have thought about that. Let's say if I had made the team as a freshman and played all four years, what would have happened? Who knows? Maybe I would have made it to the NBA. Maybe I would have got a, a D1 scholarship or something like that. We don't, yeah. Of course, we don't know. Or let's say even if I had made it my junior year and then just been like getting playing time as a senior, maybe I would have went to a yeah. different school. Maybe I would have got offered to go somewhere instead of having to walk home. But the thing yeah. is that we always got to keep in mind that one of the, yeah. thing, one of the main things that appeal to the audience that I built over the years is from yeah. the basketball world, even to the business world now, is the fact that I had all those setbacks, but still, you know, quote unquote, me. The fact that I didn't play but one year of high school ball and sat the bench, got a whole yeah. lot of basketball players who did the same thing. They made the team and sat the bench, 
But then they see me, they say, all right, this dude made it overseas. All right, I'm going to follow him because he did. It's not just that people weren't following me because I was the best basketball player in the world, even though I might at that time thought I was. People were following me because they could relate to the background. So then when I went and played college ball and walked on at a D3 and then ended up playing overseas, all the players who had went to a D3 and they're getting told by everybody, hey, be realistic, you're not going to play overseas. You play D3. Who plays overseas? We're going to a D3. Yeah. And you go on YouTube and they're like, well, he did it. So that means I can do it. So had I not done that, let's just say I had been more of a star. You know, they, let's say I made the team. Like, yeah. Let's say it made it sophomore year and I averaged maybe yeah. 20 points a game as a senior. And I wasn't amazing, but I was good. Yeah. I might have ended up with a D2 scholarship or maybe walked on at a D1. And the whole story of Dre Baldwin wouldn't be the story because I, I wouldn't see. be able to say, yo, I sat the bench as a senior and walked on at a D3 and I made it. And I really, I know for a fact that a lot of the players who followed me over the years were players who came from that. They didn't come from the LeBron James, the Kobe background. They came from the sit at the end of the bench. You're not making it in basketball background. So when they saw me, they saw hope that it was possible. So had I made it the way that uh, you're asking, the way that I've always I've thought about, had I made it, the story would be completely different. So I would not be in the same spot right now because the whole philosophy would not, it wouldn't apply the exact same way. I would have had to come up with something else. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Uh, what's also, Jake? Can you put like? Is that? Can you put? Um, if you're like mountain near the mic, it's a little bit hard to hear you. Is that, I don't know if it's just an echo. All right, let me see. Yeah, that's how is better. it better now? It's much better now. Yeah, thank you. All right, I'll <laughs> so, hold it up. I just gotta hold. Yeah, it. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. My bad. So I just, I just want to make sure my view. I can, I could hear you. I just want to make sure in case my viewers might have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you were saying like. The, the Dre Baldwin story wouldn't be a Dre Baldwin story because your story is legit. You got cut three years, made the team, but you like rode the bench the whole year. Did you, you did a walk on on D three, right? Was it a walk on, or did you get like a? No, it was straight up. Nobody knew who I was. I've never even been to the gym until I got to college. Walk on. Oh, okay. That's what. What call? What college did you play? Like, were your stats like super impressive? Like, what were your stats? So in college. At first, I went to this school called Penn State Abington. So I have a degree from Penn State University. So oh. uh, you're in Texas. So yeah. I'm sure whatever the state school, like Tech UT, right? Yeah, they have UT, a bunch UT. of they have a bunch of other campuses, right? So they got like yeah. the main campus, but then there's a bunch of other University of Texas dash, yeah. like whatever the city is, right? Yeah. So every state does that. So Penn State has the same thing. So Penn State has 23 different campuses yeah. outside of the main campus. Went to first school was Penn State Addison, which is right outside of my hometown in Philadelphia. I walked yeah. on there my freshman year, and I averaged yeah. like I became a starter after sitting on the bench in high school. I'm starting in college, and yeah. I averaged probably like nine, ten points a game. It wasn't anything incredible, but I was playing and, and doing something. That yeah. summer, I was in the gym on my own. Addison is a what they call a commuter campus, meaning there are no dorms on campus. So yeah. you actually live at home home. So I'm living at home. And I would drive up to the campus every day just to work on my game because I had, of course, I had access to the gym because I'm a student there. And at Abington's campus, nobody ever came in the gym. So that whole summer, I never saw any of my teammates. Nobody yeah. ever came in the gym. So I had that whole gym to myself every single day, the whole summer of, this is 2001. So that summer, one day, I didn't eat breakfast before I left home. So I walked across campus to go get something to eat before yeah. I went to the gym. And this random dude approached me, and he started asking me questions about basketball. I didn't even know who the guy was. Now, Abington is a really small campus, so you pretty much know everybody, especially the black and brown people. We all know each other. So I know I didn't know this dude. And it turns out he's a coach from a different campus. He's a coach from Penn State out soon. Yeah. At this time, like today, Penn State Abington is a D3, but at the time, Abington was not a D3. It was kind of like a, what they call provisional D3, meaning they were applying to become D3, but they hadn't gotten in yet. Was meant at the time you could only play two years of sports at Penn State Abington. So I was just finishing my freshman year. So I knew I could play the next year, but then after that, I would have to transfer somewhere else to keep playing ball. So when this coach approached me from Penn State Altoona, they were a full fledged D3. This was a step up. So I basically I got recruited up from a, mm. it was set up as a two year school, though it wasn't a JUCO, into a D3. So I went to Penn State Altoona, and that's where I finished out my college career. And I averaged probably about nine points. Six rebounds a game overall in my college career. Yeah. Being at a Division three school, I'm, I'm six foot four and tall, and I'm athletic. So 
at times I was playing when the coach that recruited me got fired. A new coach came in. He had me playing like power forward, backup center because we didn't have any big guys. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't really get to show my <laughs> skills on that team. So then when it was time for me to go to the pros, I knew I had a whole set of skills that I hadn't even had a chance to show in college basketball. Yeah. Okay, I, see, I see what you mean. So quick question about that. So like, I'm like, you know how like your friend, you got like cut a bunch of times. You went DJ like. During that time, like, did you still all, did you, like, like, when you were in deep, like, when you were in college, did you, like, was your mind still fixed on going pro? Like, were you just fixed on, like, did you have anything else to do? Because, like, were, were you ever, like, discouraged? Like, yo, like, this might just not be. Because, like, you got caught, like, three times. You made, you made varsity, but, like, that was, you sat down. Then you were deep. Did you, like, did you ever feel like, yo, this just might not be covered? Like, I'm, maybe I'm just not made for Did you ever have that in your mind? Or was it always in your mind, like, nah, bro, I can do it. Like, I can, you know what I mean? No, I absolutely had doubt in my mind a couple of times. Uh, the first time was, so in high school, I didn't make it the freshman year, but I wasn't that uh, feeling bad about it because I'm like, I'm a freshman. I, every, most of the time, freshmen don't make it anyway, so I didn't feel that yeah. bad about that. Sophomore year, I wanted to make it, but when I didn't, I'm like, all right. I mean, look, everybody doesn't make it sophomore year. I still got two more years to make it. You know, I'm, I'm still an underclassman, so when I get to my junior year, that's when I got to get on. Yeah. yeah. I knew that was my year because, look, Michael Jordan didn't make the team for his junior year. So, I'm like, I can still be Michael <laughs> Jordan. So, that junior year tryout, I was ready. I could finally – that was the year when I finally started dunking. I'm age 16. I could dunk by that point if everybody moved out of the way. And then I went and had, went and had the tryouts, and I was, I was terrible at tryouts. Like, it's not even that I played that bad, but I got matched up against this, this senior, and he was just bigger and stronger than me. So, he just posted me up. He just kept scoring on me in the post. Yeah. He wasn't even that good, but I just got a bad matchup. Like, had I been messed up with somebody else, I might have made the team that year, but I just got a bad matchup, so welcome to draw, didn't make the team. So then, that junior year, after I got cut, for about two weeks, I was just trying to think in my brain. Because I've always been, I've always been a person who, like, visualizes my future. I didn't know what it, I wasn't calling it that back then, but that's what I was doing. So when I didn't make the team my junior year, I started telling myself, like, man, well, obviously, basketball is not going to be my thing. So let me start visualizing what else I'm going to do with my life. Because I thought I would at least go play college ball and then try to play pro. But around age 16, yeah. I started thinking I want to play professional basketball. So when I didn't make the team at 16, I'm like, all right, well, I need to come up with a whole new future because it ain't going to be basketball. So for yeah. about two weeks, I kept trying to come up with a new vision. What am I going to do? Am I going to, could I be a, you know, could I just be serious about school and do that route? No, I didn't want to do that. Could I, uh, maybe I could be a rapper. No, can't rap. I mean, and I just started trying to think of things that I could be other than a basketball player. I couldn't come up yeah. with anything. My brain kept You said you like writing. What you say? You said you liked writing. You said you like a. You told you like I, I think in one of your videos you talked about how you loved writing and stuff. Like, you, did you ever think of doing that? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, I still write now. I still write. I still, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but anyway, to continue the story. It kept coming back to basketball. So I said, all right, let me just get basketball and try. So what I did. Anybody who plays ball knows that if you don't play on your school, like your local neighborhood recreation center, they have basketball leagues. So I went and played for the team at the local rec center, like a 16 and under basketball team in the neighborhood. And I played for them, and I was actually one of the stars of the team. I did really well, so this helped build my confidence a lot. And then going into senior year, I made it. And then in college, here's the, the other time where I was kind of questioning, but not as much. So after I ended up off the team, late in my junior year because of this new coach came in and he was just button heads. Not because I wasn't a good player, but because usually in college ball, players you don't know, when a new coach comes in in college, they often get rid of some of the, the incumbent players, not because the players are bad, but because the coach wants to put his own or her own stand yeah. on the program. So that's how I ended up out of, off the team. So when I'm off the team, I'm thinking to myself, man, I know I'm better than a whole bunch of these guys who are still on the team. And these are guys that I'm cool with. Good guys, I don't have nothing personal against them, but I'm like, I'm better than these dudes. But they're on the yeah. team, and I'm not. And I've always been a person who tries to look at life as objectively as possible. So I said to myself, Dre, if you were not you, what would you say to yourself? And Dave, you watched my videos, so you probably heard me talk like this. I said, look, yeah. I would have had to say to myself, like, yeah, you could think that you're good all you want, but, yo, when it's a game, you sit in the bleachers. So you can't say you're better than somebody when they're on the team and you're in the crowd. Yeah. So I said to myself, all right, how do I prove that I'm better than these guys? In my college career, unless I'm going to transfer and go somewhere else, I didn't have anybody recruiting me or nothing like that. 
So yeah. I didn't have any real other options for college basketball. So I said, all right, the only way I can prove that I'm better than these guys who are playing in college is I got to go play in the pros. So that became my motivation to make sure I made it in the pros to prove for posterity's sake that I was better than all these people and that that coach, you know, you made a mistake by not having me on this team. So that is – so it wasn't so much that I doubted myself when I ended up off the team in college. I used that as my – as the fire to push me to do what I needed to do. Okay, yeah. So, you see, so you were, I know you've talked about, like, how you have, like, that, you know, like, that killer instinct, like that, like that mom, you know what I'm talking like that mom mentality like, where you just want to do it. Do you think everyone has that inside of them? Or, like, do you think, like, only, like, some people can do it? You know what I mean? Like, do you see what I mean? They're, like, mm-hmm. do you think some people just aren't, like, cut out to, like, be, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, first of all, do you think some people are just, like, meant to be just, like, average, like, average people that do stuff? Or do you think, like, everyone has that inside of them? Just not everyone, like, shows it. Or like actually like acts on their killer instinct, if you know what I mean. Everyone absolutely has it within them. The challenge for people, and it's funny because I'm just about to put a post up on IG before we started this. I'll put it up here today. It's it's not about whether you have it or not. It's about where are you applying it, and do you choose the right vocation in your life that will allow you to use it to maximum benefit. That's the challenge. Yeah. For people. So the thing is, Dave, like in our, I know on that, when I was listening to your, your Black Lives Matter episode, you were saying that you're an immigrant. Where are you from? Wait, hello, sorry. I can't hear him. You broke up for a second, sorry. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, sorry. You broke up. You were saying that, yeah. Dave, when you. I was saying on your episode, the, the heated episode about race. You were saying yeah. that you were an immigrant. I was asking you, where are you from? Yeah. Oh, oh, where I'm from. Oh, sorry. I'm from, I mean, I'm not like, I'm from India, basically. Yeah. Okay. So in the African-American community, for example, you probably yeah. notice a lot of, a disproportionate number of young men think uh-huh. that their only way of being successful is to be an athlete or a rapper. Uh, yeah. Right? I, yeah. Right. Everybody thinks they're going to be a bat playing the NBA or they're going to be a rapper yeah. and they don't even think yeah. about any other possibilities. And there's nothing wrong with that because, listen, you're, if you look at the NBA, you look at rap music, it's a bunch of black people. So somebody got to make it, right? The yeah. thing is, that's not the thing. That's not what it's going to be for everybody. So if you get somebody who's not really meant to be a basketball player trying to be a basketball player and they wonder why they can never tap into that mindset, that Mamba mentality, as you say, that, that's why, because they're applying their skills, their tools, like the unique set of abilities that every one of us has as an individual is not all supposed to be going in the same direction. Like we need, we need lawyers, we need doctors, we need architects, we need construction yeah. workers, we need uh, podcasters, we need authors, we need some NBA players, but not that many of them. We need some yeah. rappers, but not too many of them. We need you know, people who sell cars, we need people who make food. But often in our communities, especially communities where people don't have as many, as much resources, People think their only way out is to do this or this because that's all they see when they turn on their phones. I guess we used to say turn on TV, but I guess now it's turn on your phones. So to answer your question here, yes, everybody has it. It's just a matter of where are you applying it? And and the thing is, it's not wrong because, look, over the years, I had millions of young men watching my videos saying, like, Dre, and these days I hear from them. They say, Dre, y'all used to watch your videos every day when I thought I was going to the NBA. But now I realize that basketball is not my thing. I'm doing something else. But I still use the stuff that you talk about. Everybody doesn't, everybody's not lucky enough to know from birth, like, this is what I'm going to be doing in life. So when we see people who become really famous, like a Beyonce or a Kobe or yeah. Steve Jobs, we hear these fairy tale stories that they were five years old and they just knew I was going to be a singer or I was going to make computers, I was going to play in the NBA. And then they actually yeah. do it. So then what happens, Dave, is that we, people like yourself and me, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, all right, well, Kobe knew what he was going to do at age five. Here I am, age 20, and I don't know what I'm going to do. What's wrong with me? We start thinking <laughs> yeah, something's yeah, wrong yeah. with us, right? Because we don't have that, that twinkle in our eye and everything just, the clouds just parted for us. But that's not the way it works for everybody. Those people are exceptions to the rule. Many people have to go through different things. We got to try stuff. Like you got to see, all right, is this going to work? All right, that's not it. It's not going to be basketball, no. Is it going to be school, no. It's going to be music, no. Maybe it could be fashion, no. It's not that. Maybe I could be a, a model, no. Then maybe it could be this thing over here, no. Maybe it could be podcasting. And listen, when I was graduating from college, there was no such thing as being a full-time podcaster, right? But now yeah. it, there wasn't a such thing as a full-time YouTuber, what, five years ago? 
10 years ago. So now we got people doing that. So there are more things coming out every day now to give more opportunity to everybody yeah. to express themselves. But I know I've given you a lot of explanation here, but to answer the question, everybody has that mentality where they can tap into like getting into that zone where they're just dominant and at their best. The challenge is people have to explore enough and experiment enough in life so that they can find that area in which they will be the Beyonce. And it's not always going to be the same thing that Kobe or Beyonce did. Yeah. So, like, that's also, like, the same thing, like, the Indian community. Like, you know how you said in the African-American community, people want to be, like, um, athletes or rappers. That's the same thing for us. Like, we're either going to be, like, doctors and engineers. I'm like, you probably know that. Like, that's the thing. People just try to do those two things, but we need other things also. Like, because exactly. community needs, yeah, because everyone, there's like, everyone's trying to be those two things. I'm like, yo, there's so, there's like a billion people there. Not everyone can be an engineer <laughs> or a doctor. Right. Like, especially and it in creates, the community. Uh, and it's cultural. But I'm sure in your culture, maybe the elders in your culture, that's what they were pushing people to. And then people become successful doing that. And they're like, okay, well, then you should do the same thing. And people yeah. know they get indoctrinated to that. It's the same thing that happens in every community. And so you see a lot of Jewish people becoming lawyers and accountants. So it's the same yeah. thing in, in every culture. It's just a matter of the good thing now is that we got people like yourself and myself, you know, expressing ourselves out here so that people can see that there are other possibilities for them besides maybe what their parents or their community told them they had to be. Yeah. Speaking about that, like I've I've seen one of your videos on this, but um I don't know if any of my like viewers have but you were talking about like you know you kept trying to go at basketball. Like you were you like did your parents ever say anything like yo Trey like no I know your parents said like your parents have like said something like yo Jay just play in like a rec league or like yo Jay yeah. like you don't you don't have to make it a full time just play it like go to the gym and play with like the people like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. have this they said that before, right? After I graduated from college and I said I was gonna play overseas, yeah. Oh, so they were like they were saying like did that ever like did you like what did you tell them exactly? Did you just tell them like no like basketball's my thing? You know what I mean? Well, they, the way that I grew up, you didn't say that to your parents. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, so when my parents said that to me, I didn't say anything. I accepted it. I said, Okay, that's how they feel. I didn't argue back with them. I just let them say what they wanted to say. Because at this time, this is right after I graduated. So uh, yeah. usually when students graduate from college we're broke. Uh, we don't have any money. We just you know, spent whatever we had in college. So I was back in my parents' house when they said that too. So it wasn't anything I could really say to them because I didn't have any resources of my own. But I used that conversation when that was my mom was doing most of the talking. My dad just agreed with her. And yeah, that conversation combined with the fact that my college coach had let me off for the team. Those two things, and this is something that I tell people all the time, those are the two main reasons I became a professional athlete. It wasn't because of my talent. While I do have talent, a lot of players have talent, but it was the, you know, sometimes you may hear a motivational speaker say, what's your why? Like, what's your real reason? Your real motivation has to be bigger than I'm good at it. You know, because a lot of people are good at basketball. What made me keep going and keep trying and keep working to make it happen was that I, my competitiveness kicked in. I was competing against the idea what my college coach had done and what my parents were thinking. I wasn't competing against them personally. I wasn't mad at that. The coach, I was cool with that coach. Like, by the time I graduated, man, we would play pickup together and we were cool. And my parents, of course, were cool with my parents. So it wasn't, I wasn't mad at them personally. I just used the idea of what they had expressed and I competed against that. That was kind of like the why. When people always ask that. That was my motivation to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, Jay, let's get to, like, pro basketball. Like, when you signed, like, you, you were talking about, like, when you first signed that contract, what, what countries did you play in? Like, what countries, like, did you just play in? I started out in Lithuania, Countess, Lithuania is where I started my career. Then I was in, after that, I was in the United States on this traveling, like, show team, which is, like, exhibition-type yeah. games, but you get paid for it, so it's better than working a regular job. Then I was in Mexico, then Montenegro, Germany, and touched into Croatia, Slovakia, and UK. Oh, so you played like you played in a lot. So you played you played those countries, and then you retired in 2015, I believe. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it retired. I just stopped playing pro basketball. Yeah, you just sound like old, an old person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. So after that, you created a brand called Work on Your Game, right? Yeah, that was while I was still playing. 
Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So, do you want to talk about that? Like, what? Like, sure. do you just like do you write books? Like, do you like what do you do? do you just do training programs? Like, what does your brand like sell exactly? All right. Well, I'll tell you the origins of working your game. It started in uh, 2009. Yeah, yeah. I was making a video. I was in 24 hour fitness. It was like four in the morning. I recorded this video. Made it two in the morning. And I know at this time, a lot of players had started watching my videos. YouTube is coming more popular. And people leave comments. They were just always asking, can you give me some advice? Can you give me some tips on getting better, Dre? And our players was asking me the same questions over and over. And I realized that a lot of these players, they weren't really getting better because they was on YouTube watching me when I was in the gym working. So I made this video and I said, yo, y'all need to stop uh, watching YouTube and playing Xbox and standing on the corner and go work on your fucking game. That was the actual phrase that I used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I said that, you know, people loved that phrase and people start repeating that phrase back to me. And I wasn't trying to make anything of it. I was just saying it. But so many people caught on to it. I said, you know what? I should just use that. So I went and you know, trademarked that. And now I don't work on your game. And then in 2015, uh, when I went full-time in entrepreneurship, it was actually more 2014, but I kept going to playing until 2015. I just used that phrase, work on your game, to make it my company because I realized that work on your game is not, a, it's not really a basketball phrase. You can use that for anything. It's just starting yeah. in basketball. So to this day... Damn, I do a lot of things, but basically what I take is a pro athlete mindset and I teach how that's applied to business, sports and life. And I do that through professional speaking. I do sell basketball training programs for players. I'm not a basketball trainer. I sell programs yeah. that players can use on their own. I don't really promote those like that anymore because I don't I'm not actively playing. I don't actively post basketball videos on YouTube anymore, but I do have them available. Uh, professional speaking, podcasting. Books. I've written 27 books, I'm working on book number 28 right now. I've done four TED Talks, coaching, consulting, online yeah. courses, and a whole lot of, I can't even remember everything that I do, but I basically help people take their game from the level that is at to where they want to get to for three specific types of people. Number one, the person feels like they need more skill. Number two, the person feels like they have skill, but they are not showing it when they need to. And number three, the person who feels like they have skill and they're showing it, but they're not being recognized for it. So anyone who has one of those three challenges, I'm the person you call. I see what you mean. So do you think like you, do you think like you just like playing bad, like, you know, like getting like a lot of this habit, do you think there's like some luck into it or do you not believe in luck? Do you believe you think you're luck or? I absolutely believe in luck. <laughs> luck is, yeah, luck is a huge factor in success. As a matter of fact, you know, it's funny you're asking me these questions, Dave, because uh, in 2019, last year I wrote a book actually called, if you can't guess, it's called Work On Your Game. And I did, a, to promote it, I did a, a live event in this bookstore in Miami. And just today, like an hour ago, I just told my girlfriend, like, yo, we should go to a bookstore today because I haven't been to one in a minute. And the book started, I did the event at, that's the one we're going to go to. But anyway, at that event, I said, usually when somebody puts a book out, they'll do like a, maybe a Q&A or they'll give like some kind of little speech to the audience and then they try to sell books and they'll autograph the books and stuff like that. So I did that. So I knew that what I wanted to do was not give people a bunch of stuff that's already in the book because they're about to buy the book. I want to give them something that wasn't in the book. So I created this whole presentation called Hard Work is not the key to success. Yeah. A lot of people tend to think, especially coming from somebody like me on YouTube, people know me for, you know, this dude puts out a video every day. Sometimes I was putting out two and three, four videos a day, every day. Yeah. Like, all right, this dude works on his game every day. He puts out his, it's called work on your game. He's all about hard work and showing up and just yeah. outwork everybody. But a lot of people misconstrued the message of work on your game to think that that's what it's all about. Just work hard, work hard, work hard, and you'll be successful. Hell no, that's not the message. <laughs> hard work is part of it absolutely hard work is one of the foundations of success every successful person works hard people who have real success however there are also a lot of people out there who work hard and don't become successful so what's the difference the difference is and there are eight specific things that i laid out that cause people to become a success or a failure in addition to their hard work and the number one thing was choosing wisely like i talked like you asked me about a, a few minutes ago and yeah. the number two thing was luck so that's why I said it's funny that you asked me these questions. So <laughs> luck, I mean, listen, my father is five feet, nine inches tall. My mom is five, seven. I'm six, four. Yeah. All right. So I was lucky out of the gate. <laughs> I was lucky coming out of the home. Because had I been five, eight, like a mix between my parents, would I have become a pro basketball player? 
Probably not. No, it's only yeah. one Nate Robinson, right? I probably wouldn't be coming. I would have been doing something else. And I mean, when I graduated from college, 2004, a year later, YouTube comes up. Would we be on this call right now if that didn't happen? Probably not. Yeah. Right. So these are all lucky <laughs> breaks that happen. And even ended up at a, a D3 school, not being on the team, and then becoming a professional basketball player. Had it not happened that way, there's a whole audience of players who know my name to this day who wouldn't have known me because what their situation was, I would not have been able to relate to it. Let's say I had become a D1 player and played at, I don't know, let's say I came off the bench at Duke for four years. Maybe I'd be known to people, but I wouldn't have the same story. So I wouldn't be relating to the same yeah. audience. I have a whole different audience based on that. So is that luck? I would say so. And sometimes it's good luck. Sometimes it's bad luck. So does yeah. luck matter? It absolutely does matter. The challenge is you can't always control your luck. You can't always make, quote unquote, you can't literally make your luck happen. But what you can do is you can align yourself with luck. I tell people all the time, like, you can't get lucky sitting on your couch uh, in the house doing nothing. But you can get yeah. lucky if you're outside, you find out where things are happening. You find out who the people are that are making things happen and you stand as close to them as possible. You go to where things are going on and be there all the time. You get lucky. And that's how I've been able to create luck in my life by just recognizing where things are happening and then just making sure I'm always in those places. And that's how luck occurs. That's awesome, Dre. So another question I got is like, have you read like, like how how did you get your confidence exactly? Did you read a lot of books? Like, is it from your life experience? Because I know you've like, you know, you've been through like uh, you've been through like you've been through like uh, ups and downs like you know what i mean like, like getting caught and stuff like that like where'd you get a lot of this like wisdom from like do you just read books like how do you like where'd you get that from that's what i'm like i'm kind of curious about great question well one of the things that you'll realize and something that i, I definitely have told people is that when someone becomes really well versed in a particular area whether it be playing by basketball confidence mental toughness is not because they're just a genius. It's not because they uh, read more books than everybody else, because anybody can read a book doesn't really mean you know anything. The expertise comes from the fact that someone struggles with something. That's where the expertise comes. Expertise actually comes from struggle. And I'll explain to you what I mean. Let's talk about confidence specifically. So as a kid, I, I don't know, how old are you, Dave? I'm 15. <laughs> okay, so you definitely wouldn't remember the show. There was a show back in, so I started my career in the year that you were born. That's crazy. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, there used to be this show back in the 90s called Family Matters. And there was this guy named Steve Herbert, who was like this uh, nerdy kid who wore glasses. Oh, I know about him. I know about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, about Steve Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, this is back in the day when being a geek was not cool. Nowadays, it's cool to be a geek, right? Because we see these computer yeah. people and engineers making all this money with coders. Back then, if you were a geek, you might get beat up, you know, just walking to school. So I was in like elementary school up through early middle school i used to wear these thick bifocal glasses i used and i was a growing boy so my clothes were always too tight and this is that day before it was cool to wear tight clothes all right tight clothes yeah not the thing in the 90s so i was this this geeky kid who had no confidence whatsoever and i didn't really start to grow into my confidence until i started to have success in basketball so because i had so much of a struggle with confidence and then i was able to develop the confidence that's how i got better at it now, as far as you know, reading, yes, I've read plenty of books on confidence and heard stuff, and I've written my own book on confidence. I got one called The Secret yeah. You, and there's a chapter in my book, Working Your Game, about confidence. I even got a course about confidence. So I am able to build my confidence and help other people with confidence simply because I have seen every, I've seen the full range of confidence. Like, let's say I had been born just completely confident and never had a challenge with it. I wouldn't be able to help anybody who has a challenge with confidence because I have no idea how they feel. I have no idea what it feels like to be where they're at. And that's why going back to basketball, I'm able to relate to so many different basketball players because I know what it feels like to be the nobody kid on the end of the bench. I also know what it feels like to be one of the 1% of players who's playing professionally. So I can relate to such a wide range of people. So when it comes to confidence, it's the fact that I actually struggled with it and was the geek and the nerd back when it was not cool to be a geek or a nerd. But I was also... The coolest dude walking around because I was one of the 12 people on the basketball team on a college campus and all the girls know you and you got to you know, you got muscles and all that stuff. So <laughs> I know what it feels like to be everywhere in the range of confidence. That's where I got it from. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So, Trey, so on like, after like, um, 
Wait, am I to ask how old you are or like you wanna say how 38. old you are? Thirty eight. Thirty. Okay, so do you like do you just do you plan on like um do you plan on like just keep on running books for the rest of your life or do you have any other plans? Because I know you went from you went from basketball to this like, is there do you wanna like say if, do you have like any future plans on something else or do you plan on sticking to what you're sticking to right now? Well, man, I do a whole lot of things, so <laughs> I am gonna probably write I will definitely write more books whenever I come up with some material that I think is best. It just depends on the best medium, I think, for getting a point across. So sometimes I might make a YouTube video that takes three minutes. Sometimes I might write a book that's 150 pages. So it just depends on how I feel like getting that point across. But as long as people read books, I'll write books because I like writing and I like creating something that people can physically hold in their hands. Now, the funny thing is I don't even like buying physical books because I don't like all the space that it takes up, takes up in my house and you got to move them around every time you move. I like digital stuff and audio, but when I asked my audience, do y'all like physical books and why? And everybody said, yeah, we like physical books because it's like you can hold something in your hand. So I will uh, always write books as long as I have uh, concepts and ideas to put out there. And the thing is, Dave, uh, you really think about it when it comes to books. Like if you put out a podcast episode, it may be very popular. It might even go viral. But a week later, everybody forgot about it because somebody else put something else up, right? Yeah. The next episode. It, just, it comes and it goes. YouTube yeah. videos are actually uh, pretty good. They're pretty sticky because it's like a search engine with Google. So a YouTube video, I got videos still getting viewed from 10 years ago to this very yeah. day. But it's a video. Like every minute and the time that we've been on this call, like how many videos got uploaded to YouTube? Whatever the status, like millions, thousands of videos. But a book, yeah. the great thing about a book is it puts you on record for whatever it is that you said. Books have longevity. So I might go buy, like just yesterday, I bought a couple of books that got written in the 90s and in the first decade of this millennium, but they're not old to me because I never read them. Like the information is evergreen. It will always apply. So that's the great thing about writing a book. Like if I die today, I got 27 volumes of material that you, know, you can always remember me by because I put my name on it. As opposed yeah, I see what you mean. Like people have wrote books like hundreds of years ago. Right. People still read them. I see what you mean. Right, right, the Bible. Best selling book of all time. Yeah. So do you like are you do you ever plan on like retiring, retiring where you just like, you know, like you don't work? You know what I mean? Like when you're like old, or do you just plan on keep because you like writing books, not. right? So like do you ever plan on retiring? Or? No, no, I will not retire. I think uh I think it was Lil Wayne said it on one of his mixtapes. He said, you die, when you retire out is when you die out, pretty much. Because retiring, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Robbins, the motivational guy. All right, so Tony Robbins talked about that. He said, um, when people retire, usually they die within two years of retirement because they don't have anything to do. Like, he's like, there's only so many times you can go to the beach. There's only so many times you can drink a, a cocktail and not have anything to do. If you don't have a reason to get out of bed, eventually your mind and your body and your soul is going to say, okay, you don't have a reason to get out of bed, so you won't wake up in this day. So I always plan on having something to do, somewhere to go, some way to you know, add value and help people's lives out. I mean, that's what business is. So who knows? I mean, listen, 10 years ago, we didn't know it was a, people could be full-time, no podcasting. 20 years ago, we didn't know YouTubing was not a word. YouTuber was not a job. So 10 years from yeah. now... There's going to be completely new things out there. So who knows what it's going to be. But and as far as being yeah. old, uh, you don't get old until your mind is old. Age is not, it's not really about how many can, candles on your birth cake or your, what is it? Birthday cake. <laughs> it is about, uh, it's just about the way that your mind works. Like as soon as your mind starts to get stale and you start to think that there's no new experiences and you're not doing anything new, that's when you become old. So there are 15 year old old people. And there are 50-year-old young people. So it's just a matter of waiting. Yeah. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, well, Joe, I think that's all the questions I got now, bro. I really want to thank you for coming on. Because, like, I never, I never thought you would, like, actually respond. You know what I mean? Like, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Well, it's perfect time. Because I actually I told my assistant, you know, it's about time we get back out here. And we uh, appearing on people's shows and doing stuff like that. And you reached out to me probably, like, two days after. Uh, me and her had that conversation, so it was perfect timing. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, yeah. What you like? Have you just been writing during quarantine? Like, what you've been doing usually? Like, is that what you've been doing usually? Like, right now? Oh man, I've been writing. I've been recording. I've been uh, podcasting. I've been. We've been uh, 
strategizing as far as as far as my business goes. I do a lot of professional speaking and things like yeah. that. But a lot of those conferences got canceled this year because of the COVID. But next yeah. year, next year they're going to be uh, more open. And you know, I'm black, so next year they're going to be they're going to be making sure they hire black people so they don't look like they're racist. So <laughs> yeah, there's going to be more opportunities as long as you got some shit together. You got some shit together. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for black and brown. Individuals in yeah. 2021, so that's a that's a free game for everybody. Sure, yeah. You still play? I'm like, I'm curious. Do you still like play basketball like at the rec or anything? Or do you just like you know, like I mean, not right now, obviously because of quarantine. But like before, like were you playing a bit in the rec? No, nah, I don't play at all. So I stopped playing in 2015. I played in uh, uh you heard of the TBT, that million dollar basketball tournament? Oh, I saw. Yeah, I saw that video. It was like the worker and game video. You and like your team, they get like y'all like play a tournament for like a mil, right? Yeah, that, it was a million dollars then. It's two million now. This year they only did a million because they have fewer teams because of COVID. But uh, I played in that in 2015, and we didn't win. And then right after that, I played in a um, like two weeks later. There was a three on three tournament hosted by Finish Line, the sneaker store. And it was like an influencer online influencers tournament, and we won that. We won ten grand. And I told my man that day that we won. I said it's my last basketball game, and I have not played in a single basketball game since that day. Oh, my yeah. last game, I won ten thousand dollars and I ain't played since. So I went out on top, like Jordan. There you well, go. That's before good. he came back. Right? <laughs> before he came back, yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, Dre. I think that's all the time we got. Thank you for coming on for sure, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. This is your boy, Big Buddy Dave. I got a guest. I got like a good. I'm ner- like I was low key, Dre. I'm gonna. I was kind of nervous for you coming on, but yeah, you you calm my nerves down for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, this is our boy, Big Buddy Dave. Welcome back to your Big Buddy Live, the most hype podcast of all time. Thank you, Jay, for coming. That's all the time we got, and peace.